living in a world gone geek. It's time to geek hard or go home. The podcast is real. Here's your host, Grounded Geek. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. We are so glad that you're here. I am, as the deep voiced guy just said, Jeff, a.k.a. Grounded Geek. We're glad you're here for the show tonight. It is Sunday night, which means it's time for the podcast is real uh, because we're doing it live. Um, and uh, we thank you for joining us if you're out there. Um, we have a great guest tonight uh, as we are still continuing our uh, talking with authors and writers throughout the month of November to kind of celebrate NaNoWriMo. Um, if you're out there doing NaNoWriMo, I hope things are going well for you. Uh, you're coming up on the last weeks and uh, good luck getting those word counts in because I didn't do it this year. I was like, uh, there was just too much going on. Um, but I hope you guys are doing well and uh, I hope maybe listening to some of these authors will help inspire you to uh, finish and get out there and self-publish and get it get get the word out. Um, I'm going to go ahead and introduce my co-hosts here. I never do the show alone. I always bring along Utah. Welcome to the show, Utah. There he is. Greetings, programs. And of course, uh, whoops, that's the wrong. That's our guest. There's a, a <laughs> there's Riley. Hey, Riley. <laughs> I'll put it back over there. What's that? What's that sound? Like Hi. I, I just did that so we could have a close up of Aaliyah cracking up. That's what I wanted. Um, um, but yeah, welcome to the show, guys. It's good to see you. No. Um, <laughs> I don't like the close ups because I have a gap. Uh, that was fantastic. That needs oh, to be a thumbnail. I think that needs to be the thumbnail for this episode. No. That was fantastic. Well, welcome guys. So we did, we actually got a chance to be uh, in each other's presence again for the, for the second time since we started this podcast. Right. How about Uh, that? All in the same place at the same time. Um, And uh, that was getting together with our good friends at circle of nerds. That's for an upcoming episode. So I won't spoil that, but uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, that was, um, I won't spoil it, but let's just say, you know, Alana did, or Aaliyah did quite well. Um, so did Alana, but we don't know who she is. I don't know who Alana is. <laughs> That's my alias. There you go. You should change this it. It's Aaliyah, Aaliyah, aka, AKA Alana. Alana. <laughs> um, no, it was a great time. Uh, we love those guys, and uh, you know, so if you're not already watching Circle of Nerds, you should be doing that. Uh, they're at YouTube. Uh, just look up Circle of Nerds. You can't miss them. There they are. They're uh, Star Wars circle. content <laughs> is excellent. And a lot of fun. And uh, it's a little more inappropriate than our show. So if you're into that, there you go. Go to so- Oh, language wise. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not family friendly. Yeah. <laughs> Which he made a real, real specific point <laughs> to like point out that we are a clean show. Like he was very, like he, he really was, wanted I, to drive that home. I noticed. I, th- I, I think, yes. I think he's just proud of us for. For, for managing the key. for ma- you know for, for managing our language, I guess so. Way. And I don't. Ha- it's not that we have. It's no judgment here. It's not that we just want no, the not at all. Audience, we don't want that explicit tag on Apple, that kind of stuff. So it's just you know. So we just try to keep it uh, as family. Yeah, Apple PG thirteen. Let's say you know we we will rip the heart out of somebody, but we we won't. are the temple. Yes, the temple yeah. of doom of podcasts. But we won't say bad words. There you go. Correct. So we'll rip uh, the heart out, but we won't. Cuss. That's right. Um, <laughs> Um, that's how you get a PG-13. Um, anyway, so today is, uh, I found out it's World Television Day. I guess we're supposed to celebrate how, the invention of television. How long has that been going on? Come on. I, since to this morning, I guess. <laughs> no, I don't know if it's a... Um, I was this I, year's old when I found I did actually. I did actually look it up. I don't have the year, but I think it's actually like the UN that like dedicated what? this oh. day. Really? To like World <sighs> Television Day because of the impact that television has had on the world. And so it's just mm. kind of like, let's celebrate that. Impact. Okay. I don't know. It's uh, just kind of interesting. 1996 okay. from the UN. Oh. Yeah. Really? So it's it so it 1996. So it's not been, I mean, that's been, no, that is a while. <laughs> I started to say, it's not been long. <sighs> oh, Jeff. Jeff, that Jeff, a, Jeff. That turns out that was a long time ago. It was a only couple a few years ago. after Aaliyah yeah, was couple. born. <laughs> right? It, it, yeah. Actually, yeah. it was. You don't tell nobody my age. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, um, we have a viewer. We um, do. Hey, welcome, viewer. Um, Shook night. 
Oh yeah, no, that's who that's should Matt. Knight. That's Matt. I know who that is. Hello, Matt. Um, we uh, so anyway, yeah. So we're talking about television. I wanted to ask you guys. So um, first of all, I mean, TV has had an enormous impact on the world. I mean, how we how we get news, how we you know the, the way it changed the way people yes. get news. It changed oh, absolutely. The way information got out there. Of course, internet has totally usurped that, and now it's you know it's just a whole big mess of media everywhere, including our show. <laughs> and uh, so we're just more noise in that whole <laughs> conglomeration of noise of that's out there. But um, what was this is an icebreaker for today? What what is that one TV show? That is your, and you can chime in from the audience as well when you're out there. What is that one TV show that is your comfort show? And what I mean by that is when, you know, you're flipping through the channels, you're not feeling great, but you come across this show or you know you're not feeling great. You want, I'm going to go watch this show. It always puts me in a good mood. This is the show that just gives you those warm fuzzies. You love being, you know, it makes you laugh. It makes you whatever it is, whatever it makes you feel. That's your comfort show. What is that for you guys? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Right. Um, Dexter. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's not Dexter. Uh, it's that a good show, but it's not. No. Um, it's funny because being as seasoned as we are, I think our choices are probably going to be a little bit different, right? Because mm-hmm. we kind of grew up when, uh, you know, color television came up came up uh, a, l- a little bit before we were kids and then cable television came along that kind of changed viewing schedules and you know content right um but i always fall back to the muppet show i can't i mean mm. it's just i remember yeah the original yeah. muppet show not, not, not i mean now the new one is pretty good i've seen a couple episodes of it um but the original Muppet Show, I always have such fond memories of it. Always remember, you know, sitting in front of the television with the family because everybody loved the Muppet Show. Um, and it was so great to see all the guests that they had. And they always, the writing was so, was so great. Yeah, it just, and even now, you know, I, I, will, I will go back and stream the original episodes. And even though I may know all the lines for a lot of the things, I still enjoy it. It's just, I mean, I think a good description is, is it's, it's one of my comfort shows for sure. So. And, and it's one of those shows that you can't skip the opening. Oh no, no, you, you got, you, you got, right? yeah, there's you, some yeah. shows where it's like that skip intro button comes up. You're like, skip, you know, and get right into the action. No, you can't skip no. the Muppet intro because you got to sing along. Like it's part, it's part of the experience. You also they tell you to skip the credits because <laughs> right. Cause you never know what always a, a final joke from Statler and Waldorf. Yes. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so you got to. Yep, yep. Um, so that, awesome. that, that's, Aaliyah, that, that's the first one that came to my mind. Yeah. How about you? What What's that show that you just love so much that you would watch it anytime it's on? The Punisher? Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> a few years ago, uh, that those like uh, series, like The Punisher, Daredevil. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. The those Netflix, ones those would Netflix. definitely be like my things. However, um, New Girl, that is, that's my, okay. that's my show. That is my yeah. comfort show. Uh, I, it just puts me in the best mood. I don't know. It's so silly. It's yeah. silly. Uh, you know, whenever I come home. Episodes of that. That's a good one. I have not watched all of them, but I, what I have seen of it, I did enjoy. I did watch the Prince episode. Everybody had to see that. I mean, yeah. I well, Prince very, very rarely would do anything like that. So the fact that he right. did was a big Right. Thing. His like guest spots on television shows is like, uh, you can count on one hand, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I, uh, so audience, there's, there's some people out there actually watching, which is great. Uh, while I explain mine, I hope some people will chime in. We just want to hear some other shows that you guys love. Uh, you always go back to, um, for me, uh, to me, I looked at this as kind of like whenever, again, if you're flipping through the channels and it's on, I can't, I can jump right in at any point in an episode and just fall right back into loving and, and laughing. Uh, and that's Seinfeld. I, uh, mm. I was going to go way back. I was going to go back to like, you know, the eighties and, and there's some shows then because, <laughs> and it's the nostalgia factor, Sure, but, like. but there's still, uh, you know, and of course I love the Simpsons and things like that, but, um, yeah, Seinfeld had it had very few episodes that fell flat. Like there's 
almost every episode that I stumble uh, across. The finale. I will enjoy. I'm well, the finale. You know, whatever. So, and I, I, I an thought it was okay, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that show is so funny. And now that it's on Netflix, I'm watching it with Jacob and, uh, and he's laughing. And lot, is he liking it as well? Yeah. Good. So, good. Um, yeah. Best show about nothing ever. It's a great really? show. Yeah. Um, so yeah, nobody in the audience chimed in, but that's okay. Um, so or, go, or it's Matt. just really slow. The chat is coming slow and we'll be well into our interview with Riley. And then right. somebody will say, cheers. It's because of delay. It's a delay. Um, right. You know, cheers, was, cheers was pretty good. That's a good one. Yeah. Right. New heart show. Sorry, new friends. Heart. I knew Matt was going to say friends. Friends is the one for Matt. There we go. And the, I, I mean, I kind of knew that, but I wanted to give him a chance to say it. Um, oh, and, uh, oh, G power rangers. We've got, he wants to say three of them or he or she, I don't know who G is. Sorry. Um, but I, I um, actually, I think G joined us from uh, Circle of Nerds. From the alphabet? I'm like, sure. uh, is a fan of Circle of Nerds. That's how they heard about us. Um, Power Rangers, Buffy, the Vampire uh, Buffy. Slayer. And Buffy's Friends. a good one. Yeah, yeah Buffy yeah. was a good one. I That's another, that is a show that I'll just fall right into any episode pretty much. Yeah. And, that's a good enjoy. show. That's yeah. yeah. Was, had a yeah, good run. Good ones. If I ask Power Rangers, you have to kind then, of specify which one or is which it one, any, right? Right. Is it generation? like before the White Ranger and after the Red Ranger or the Green Ranger or the dinosaurs or the vehicles or the. Yeah. <laughs> I was so I, yeah, I was not a big fan of Power Rangers personally, my kid, but my oldest son was like he was growing up when the Power yes, Rangers were. Yes. He was. Yes. To be big again. Um, and I just, I didn't uh, watch him that much, but I watched him with him. It was fun. It's good times. All of the above. All of the above. <laughs> there you go. I hear you. All right. All of them. Um, well, that's great. So uh, yeah, World Television Day. Make sure uh, you watch some television today, I guess. Yeah. Um, maybe you could go up to your television and thank them. Show through the YouTube app on your television. Stream this on your television. you can now do uh, with the, Is it, the current technology. Do we find it interesting that, you know, uh, even though a lot of these great shows now are on streaming services, we still call them TV shows. Oh yeah. Well, it's just, yeah, it's weird. It's just like, right. It's uh, just, it it's a just TV a convenient, show. it's a convenient thing. It's episodic. And I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah even, Ooh. even when you like uh, save something on your DVR, you think about recording it. Um, and I still, and I, instead and I do, of saving it, right. Yeah. And I do video production and we still sometimes say videotape. Like I got a video. You still tape it. You're I'm taping like, something. Yeah. We're taping. And it's like, no, it's <laughs> no, all we're not digital cards, but it is right. what it is. Um, well, uh, so before we get into our guests, I do want to remind folks that, uh, throughout uh, the month of November, we are doing the road to 4k. We're trying to get as many high resolution. Oh, no, that's not it. <laughs> well, that was the, that was the, 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 the kind of the play on words there. I mean, especially oh, World television it. day. I so 4k it. televisions, but we're looking Perfect. for 4,000 followers. That's a thousand on each of these, uh, four, uh, platforms that you see here. Um, we're not anywhere close to that yet. I mean, we're they're closest on YouTube. We're about, I think, three people away from 500, which would be just great. Ooh, great. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're throughout the month, we're giving away a uh, Stadia Premiere Edition. It's a Google Stadia. Uh, all you have to do is go to the link that will be in the show notes. You know what? If you're watching live, it's not there yet, but it will be after the show's over. And when the show notes drop on the podcast version, uh, go to that link. Um, you will be asked to follow us on all those platforms and, and a couple of other things and share with your friends and whatnot. And you'll be entered to win. Uh, and you, each day you go back, you can add more entries, which is kind of cool. And so it's actually. Oh, I forgot to do that today. Yeah, you're not eligible. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, Don't let it fool you. I, uh, no. So that, now, again, if it came. So we're going to give this away on December 5th. December 5th, Sunday. That's um, we're going to have that's what DC Glenn, DC, the brain supreme will be on the show. Oh, nice. Which we're very excited about. Um, but we're also eligible? giving it away giving it away that day. And if yes, I was yes, to Matt, announce you Utah shoe or Aaliyah, we would lose so many of our very few audience members. They would know. We would lose the, all the five of them. <laughs> so I'm not doing that. Plus, do you have one? Didn't you get one? Didn't you buy a uh, I have village? one. Yeah. It, it came one? with, yeah. it came when, yeah, it came with a uh, resident evil village. Yeah. So, so awesome. So please enter that. Um, and uh, we appreciate it. Uh, we'd yes. love to have you follow us and be the part. Please, subscribe please. So that you can be a part of the fun. 
Um, so today's guest is an author. He's a writer. He's written uh, several books, actually. He knows a lot about self-publishing, which is what we're going to hopefully uh, get him to talk about a little bit tonight. He's also uh, kind of a, a little bit of a comic book geek. He likes video games, that kind of stuff. So he's the perfect guest for our show to come in. So please welcome to the World Gone Geek, the podcast is real, Riley Toon. Welcome to the show, Riley. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hello. Hey, grateful Hello. That you're here. All right. Um, so let's just get, I'm going to, let's just start right off the bat. Um, tell us uh, uh, what the names of your, your books are. We, we would uh, start looking for those right now. Okay. Um, so I have two series that are out. The first one is called Warper. It's a, um, uh, a high fantasy novel about teleporting assassins hired to kill an immortal. Um, then I wrote the sequel to that book. And then I ended up branching off into urban fantasy. And I wrote a story called Paragon, an icon story. And that's when I really started to um, pick up some steam. It was right around the time when superheroes started getting really big with uh, all the stuff Marvel was doing. And it kind of just took off on its own. Nice. And then there's a sequel to that book also. Yeah. So the I was just going to mention. So I started reading uh, Paragon uh, back when you first booked. So um, it's really it's kind of an interesting uh, take on like the heroes and uh, they have like a, a, a school and an academy and it's like this. You built this whole world, which is kind of fun. Uh, so, uh, but uh, yeah, I was enjoying it. I just thought I would say that. Go ahead, Utah. I was going to ask. So. Um, so you've got two series. You've got Warper, which was your first, and then Paragon is your second. Do you go in planning having uh, like how many books are in are in the series? Like, do you have another? Do you have a third Warper book in in the works or in your mind? And like, we already know uh, Paragon's got a second. I one do. Coming, right? uh, no, so Paragon has a second one done, um, and that's already out and published on all formats. And the third one for Paragon is actually outlined already. I just haven't oh. written it. Uh, same thing for <laughs> same thing for the Warper series. It's already outlined. I just haven't written it. Um, I usually I try to write what I like, but then after a while, you kind of have to follow the money, and um, so you got to give gotta the people the what bills. they want. Yeah, 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 and um, <laughs> and that can be a gift and a curse. I remember when the second book for uh for when a uh, Paragon, and then the second one came out. After the second one was done, I was getting feedback, and people were like, you know, where when's the third one come out? And it was like day two after the second one just came on. It's a whole, <laughs> it's, it's a whole process. And there's, you know, I'm not a machine. Give me, give me, give me time. I got to think this stuff out. Um, so those already written. I recently wrote another book and, uh, and finished it, but something just wasn't sitting well with me with the character. So I shelved it and uh, I'm starting a different one. So we'll um, hopefully start writing book three for the, uh, the Paragon series middle of next year. Oh, wow. Okay. So you, okay. you kind of juggle things along when, whenever uh, it suits your mood. I do. Yeah. I do. Um, as of right now, Paragon and the superhero genre is uh, still flowing through pretty smooth. So even though I haven't put another book out in that one in a while, um, I still make a you know decent monthly chunk of change from it. Nothing crazy. Uh, I still have a day job, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's doing really good for audio. I actually... I don't even check the book sales anymore after audio started rolling in and you, you just, it's peanuts and oh, you wow. actually make less now since COVID because of like material and stuff like that. Sure. Um, but I'm trying to branch off and to get like a, um, I've been traditionally published for so long. I'm trying to see if I could, uh, get the agent if I wanted to. So that's where these, uh, stories that I'm writing now are going to be drifting towards. Oh, interesting. Can I ask real quick about the audio book? Um, when you uh, uh, did you read it? How did you how did you get it to no. what was that process? No, 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 no. I hate <laughs> hearing my own voice just when I talk out loud. So did I, you get I Morgan Freeman? Want to put it. Did you, you got Morgan? No. <laughs> if I could, I would. <laughs> I just don't have that kind of money. Maybe he wants to do like a pro bono thing. Hey. No, um, <laughs> Amazon. Amazon is like the mob, man. So they've got their fingers in everything. So, um, yeah. Anything with publishing, Amazon has you covered. So if you want to do a paperback, they've got it. They're about to introduce hardcover again. They're doing like the when you release a chapter each week or each month. Oh. And then they had like the serial format. 
And now, yeah. and then they have um, the audiobook branch also, and everything is done through there. You put up a little portion of the book, people audition for it, which is fantastic because you get to hear these professionals give your characters life, and you hear them all, and they all sound fantastic. And then you haggle prices, and and then they start doing it in the studio on their end, and you hope they just don't like butcher it. Wow! Wow! So. Th- the advent of Amazon, uh, as even though it can be the evil corporate empire, um, mm-hmm. it sounds like Amazon has really made it a lot easier as an author mm-hmm. to not have to go through the tra- like you like you said the traditional publishing process, finding an agent, finding uh, you know having that agent find a house to to consider your book. Uh, have right. you found that to be true? That Amazon is kind of uh, a blessing 100%. and a curse. A hundred percent. Because some people are, are widely successful just independently publishing the books on their own. Um, some people have such a large fan base that they could get a traditional publisher, but at that point, it's no need to. Um, the gift and the curse part with Amazon, though, is for audiobooks in particular. You can't decide how much you want your book to be, your audiobook. Um, so if they suddenly decided, that, you know what, we're going to drop it down to 16 bucks because it's not selling. You've got no choice. Um, if oh. they feel like your book's been doing really good, they might pop it up to like 19. Um, so when Paragon came out, I think it started a little lower and then it started doing well. And then the price kind of went up a little bit. And then when the second book came off of Paragon, it just automatically stayed at the higher end, I guess, just because it was basing off the uh, the first book. So if sales slow down, they're just going to drop it. And I've, I've got no control. So you that, have no um, control over that. Wow. No. Not for that. For the paperback you do, um, ebooks you do, but for audiobooks, to anyone out there who listens, if you want to publish that way, you uh, you lose a little bit of control for that. Huh. Would you cons- would you would you refer uh, like upcoming uh, up and coming indie authors who want to self publish to to consider or go say you know deal with Amazon? They're not the best partner. But mm-hmm. it's uh, they really make it super easy to publish yourself. Or are there other avenues other than Amazon for for an independent? Yeah, there are other av- uh, other avenues. Um, for example, what is it like? like um, Ingram Spark is another avenue that you can produce, like uh, eBooks, paperbacks. I go through them for my hardcover. Um, hmm. it, there's even other avenues for audiobooks. It's just that Amazon, man, they're like. <laughs> they, they just have such a wide reach and it, it, you're creating more hurdles for yourself to try to go through some other company, especially if you're independent, because it's not like you're um, some household name. So you're already starting from the bottom. You're already working up a hill. You may as right. well get the people who have the higher uh, distribution. Um, sure. So it's, I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it. And if you do well, you're, you're going to make a good amount of money. You'll, you'll make, you can make several thousand dollars if you do well. Of course, if your story is uh, if your story is good and you have a good person reading it, and depending on how you pay them, um, you can you can make a lot of money. Because with your voice yeah. talent, you can pay them up front, which is what I did for my very first series. Mm-hmm. Or you could split the profits with them if oh, you want to do okay. it that way. Um, I did profit splitting the second time. Totally screwed myself. Totally screwed myself. <laughs> oh no! Because <laughs> my very first series didn't sell that well, and I paid him up front. And um, the second series for Paragon, I found the guy. He was really cool. He had been doing like stage acting or something like that. And he was getting, he was just really new into the audiobook game. And I convinced him, you know, let's just split the profits. Let's split the profits. I didn't expect there to be a lot of profits. And then um, <laughs> after the first couple of days, I was like, whoa, I'm making money. And I was like, wait, I got to split it. And Amazon, they take like 40% off top. Once again, they're the oh, mob. Wow. So, yeah, it's, so then, it's, it's, it's uh, around 40. <laughs> it's wow. around 40. So, wow. um, yeah, in my case, I could have paid my audio guy around, I don't know, like 900 bucks to do the whole thing. And uh, he's made he's made several thousand off me, too, just because we've been splitting. So um, wow. and that, that lasts for, I think, seven years, I do believe. Really? I don't know. I didn't read the fine print, but I've been told <laughs> seven years. I know it's still happening to the day. It's just like when you inst- it's like when you install software on your phone. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah, agree, agree. Yeah. <laughs> Does it, what kind of uh contractual obligations are there in terms of uh if you start working with Amazon? Like for example, mm-hmm. so you've got two series, two one fairly successful. 
does, uh, do you have to stick with Amazon for a while or do you have to stick with, is, you know, what kind of uh, ending is there? There's a, that's a good question. There is a grace period up front. For, for, for example, when you first publish your book with them, uh, regardless if it's like paperback or ebook, you gotta, it's only on their like forms of distribution for a few months. And then after that, you can start picking it up at other places. Um, so like you might be able to order from your local bookstore or a library or um, if you're like me who just likes standing up to stroke his own ego, sometimes I'll go to a Barnes and Noble and ask him, hey, you can get this Riley Toon book in and just see if they have it just for like for giggles. Um, but then you can get it from places like that, the big, uh, the big bookstores. So there's a little bit of a grace period. They want it only coming from Amazon first and then... You can find it almost anywhere else. And I do believe it's the same way for, for Audible. Okay. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Co- comment from Atomic Ninja G out there. Amazon is great from a customer perspective. As a merchant, they can be a nightmare to deal with. You need to be on the ball with them. As an Amazon customer, I can I totally agree with that. <laughs> yeah. um, for, for people who are also looking, who may be interested in publishing, I will say that um, the local community normally, or at least in my area, the private bookstores or the mom and pop shops, they do not like uh, Amazon whatsoever, mainly because mm-hmm. they're, they're taking their I business. Yeah. So, yeah. Back, so back before back before COVID, when I was trying to set up um, book signings and things like that, they all asked me, well, who, who are you publishing through? And if you say Amazon, they're like, nah. You, um, mm. you, you can't do it. Um, so that's one of those th- things I didn't realize was an issue. I wish I would have called and asked people before I ordered a bulk bunch of books. But, mm. you know, <laughs> what can you do? What can you do? Wow. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What can you do but learn by doing, right? So. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's crazy. I, 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 this whole self-publishing thing is just so interesting to me because I think about like back in college, um, you know, I knew people who were trying to write and get published and, you know, they had to make phone calls and they had manuscripts and they had, you know, they actually had to physically go to offices and stuff to try and sell their wares. But it sounds like with the advent of technology and Amazon in particular, there's not nearly, it's so much more accessible for somebody who says, you know, I have something I want to publish and Amazon will make it easy for you. It's just that you're kind of, stuck with them for, for better, or for worse until, I mean, is there, is there the potential for you to be discovered by another publishing house and Hey, you know, we, we like your stuff. Uh, can we get you off of Amazon and, and do it, do it with us? I mean, it can, I, happen. How, it can happen. You know, I will say it's rare for a person like me. I have seen mm-hmm. some other writers who are privately or uh, they're they're publishing it on their own, but they may have, for example, like a really monstrous writing YouTube channel with you know two hundred thousand subscribers and the averaging thousands of views. Regardless, of their talent just sucks. The people will come to them because they see dollar signs. They already have a following, um, oh. so that can happen. And then if your book is just like really really fantastic and you're independently published, then yeah, they can come find you. Um, what was the movie with Matt Damon? Was it The Martian? Martin the Martian, Martian, yeah. Andrew Weir. Andrew I, believe, Weir. I, I believe that was um, a self-published book that just really took off. And, oh. and then it, yeah, and then next thing you know, it's Matt Damon. So, you know, some people just really <laughs> hit the lot up. Some, some people really get lucky. So it can happen. Um, it's rare. Okay. But it can. That's cool. yeah so um it's it's funny i i started writing warper because for some reason i wanted to read books or listen to audiobooks about uh people that were teleporting i I remember i had just saw the movie jumper not too long ago okay and i found out that that was a book and in traditional hollywood fashion the book and the movie were drastically different um, so mm. I was kind of like let down. Did you read the book? I did, but I was expecting just to get like a more detailed version of the movie. Yeah. And it's not quite like that. So I, yeah, I read it. I read it too. It's very different. 
it's very different. So I was like, okay, well, this sucks. And at the time, I just couldn't find that much to do. <laughs> and I was, um, I was trying to figure out what to write anyway. And so then I just said, well, I'll just write it myself. And long story short, I ended up writing that. And I was at the time I was reading fantasy novels, um, a lot of high fantasy, a lot of stuff of like elves and tribes and magic, blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, middle earth style places. And um, I was trying to figure out how I could write it. So the, the backstory between Warper is it's literally just a story about, it was supposed to be a story about a, a, a teleporting assassin training his, um, his protege as this standard mentor teacher type, type fantasy novel. And, and during the, uh, during the time of the story, they get hired to kill the the ruler of the land who was believed to be immortal. And they go through this whole process of meeting the team and trying to figure out a way to find his immortality. And before the story can get get started really good, the leader, um, the main assassin teacher gets killed. And now they still have to go through this plan. And so now the, the, the student is forced to take the lead role in this murder heist type thing to try to figure out a way to kill an immortal when he barely knows how to do the job yeah. anyway. <laughs> Interesting. Neat. That could be fun. Um, it's, it's, I feel like it's going to date me a little bit now. Um, once upon Don't a worry. time... <laughs> Trust me, you're definitely not the oldest one in the room. That's just, Once the, I, I actually um the reason I ended up being a writer is because I wanted to be an actor, believe it or not. Um back in the day, this was like two thousand and I don't know, fourteen, maybe twenty thirteen. I wanted to be an actor. And so I told my mom, Mom, I'm going to California. I want to be an actor. And I'm an only child from Virginia. So my mom, you know, she lost it. <laughs> she, and <laughs> she starts talking to me about it and telling me, you don't want to be an actor. You don't even know how to read a script. And I was like, you know what? I don't know how to read a script. I didn't tell her she was right in the middle of the argument, but well, I knew not. that I didn't. <laughs> and um, I ended up reading a book about like a script reading and writing and just like a, like a, a book about like, acting traits and stuff you can do to practice. And um, one of the suggestions, like the little quotes in the book was the best way to try to learn how to read a script is to practice writing one because a lot of actors do write and produce on their, on their side, side time. So I tried it and that was a spark. That's all it took. I fell in love with it and mm. just decided, well, you know what? I'm going to make this work. So I ended up putting that book down and got a young adult writing for dummies book. I don't remember it like, <laughs> like it was yesterday and, and I read that book cover to cover and um, then I got to work on my first story it was crap and then I just kept kept plucking at it man went to school yep. for it and everything uh, this is YouTube videos oh, very cool well, uh, so, so some people are angry <laughs> huh? right the University YouTube? of YouTube yeah, University yeah of YouTube. It's, it's, it's so funny there's like um, <laughs> there are like college courses being taught for writing by like world-class authors so there are some people paying for it but then they put it all up on youtube for free so i, yeah. I just attended every like class and, and did like the little brain teasers and things like that and you just get better over time or you hope <laughs> i thought i had a question but i lost it I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought I, I had that, a question. I just that, yeah. that might have been her question was the sneeze, and then you know no. <laughs> we were supposed to react to that. Uh, Sorry. So you started off with Warper, and then you moved on to Paragon. It, it, do you have a preferred genre, or do you just kind of go where the story will takes you? Uh, going from high fantasy to like the uh, superhero genre is is kind of a leap. Ah, uh, okay.
<laughs> oh, vampires and from the movies right <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What what were your inspirations for Paragon then? Like what are who are yours? I mean, I see Superman behind you, uh, for those who are on the podcast that can't see him, but uh who were your inspirations as far as comics uh go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. He looks kick ass. Oh, <laughs> he looks awesome. <laughs> yeah. but he does have some pretty evil looking. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> on the covers. <laughs> I, I enjoy a good anti hero. And once I started realizing that is when I started drifting towards Batman a little more. Um, but then I've also been a fan of like the random um the random comics i was a big fan of uh for some reason gambit and x-men always appealed to me um mm. wolverine also because they weren't like your standard goody two-shoes clean cut like anti-cyclops looking guys like you know people just like should be on like yeah. the cover of a cereal box and that's what i kind of try to write with my stories now <laughs> and it worked out good for um for paragon and he was more of a um, like a troubled kid trying to figure out which way to go and you know, he's he's got a bad boy streak but he also tries to do the good thing so that it helps for me even with warper you know the main characters hired to kill, kill people that's not usually how the, the hero stories start <laughs> so wow. that's 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 i'm just i don't know yeah so you like to cosplay have you cosplayed any of those so no and i'll tell you why for one one, I feel like I'm just too lazy. I see people putting together these <laughs> outfits, man, from right? for like months yeah. and months and months. I feel like I don't have that type of time. And I feel like that's what you have to dedicate to the craft. I honestly think making the costume is much more part of the process than just showing up and showing everybody. And I know for a fact I would much rather just like spend a lot of money and find a really nice replica suit and then just show up and have fun. But I, so I've never done it. Would love, love to, even if it's just to go and look at people. Um, because when I see it online, I like to see the random. I like to see the right. random uh, people you don't see all the time. And then I, yeah. I love a good gender gender swap. Like, um, yeah, same. I saw a really cool female Negan not too long ago from The Walking Dead. Don't know if you guys nice. watched her or not. Very yeah. cool. Epic. And she was just, she looked so, so, um, so accurate to like just the, the picture of the show. I saw a female invincible not too long ago. Super Very cool. Sweet. Yeah, nice. I know. I think it, I think it um I think it's cool when they go against the grain. Some of them you see are just like, you know what, you put a lot of time into that outfit. And the more I see that, the more I know I can't do this. Yeah. These people are so talented. Like how do you did you just grow up doing this? I don't understand. <laughs> the University of YouTube. It's so well. We yeah. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I've always wondered where you getting like the plans for this because it can't be just like some cosplay database because they're all thinking of different things. But mm-hmm. like they're making armor and like weapons and probably just looking at like paused video footage. Yeah, <laughs> and just yeah. cutting. And spray paint, like it's nuts. Some I've seen realistic looking Iron Man that have like the hands light up, thrusters pop out, like it's so yeah, much. the mask pop up, yeah. 
Lots of I lots can, of work involved. It's impressive. I never do it. We have a we have a good friend of the show. Uh, he goes by the his cosplay name is Night Mage, and mm-hmm. this guy, I mean, literally mm-hmm. seven or eight costumes a year, and that's that's probably that's probably a low estimate. Yeah, yeah that's the guy low. Yeah. is he just and he has a full time job. And he goes to conventions every weekend and, you know, that like the, he's one of those ones that they actually invite to the convention because, he, you know, he does this stuff. But, yeah, I, I'm looking at the stuff. And so it is intimidating, especially when you have Nightmage yeah. as a Facebook friend and, you know, and, and, and buddy. And then you're seeing it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. But he's really encouraging. And he's like, you should just get out there and do it. Right. Just, you know, it's not about like doing uh, the best costume or looking screen accurate. It's about. It's about you getting to be who you want to be spawn, yeah. right? Or right. Superman or yep. Flash. I see on your shirt there, you know, whatever it might be, whatever it is, it's your art. It's your creative interpretation of whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And everybody else needs to shut up. That's what he says. I love him. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's the truth. Yeah, yeah it's the truth. Yeah, he's, he's, he's one of the, he's one of the nicest guys in that whole uh, cosplay community that I've ever met. He's really great. Um, but so we have a question from the audience. I'm going to go ahead and throw out if that's okay. Yeah. If you, do you, I don't know if you guys have. So let's see. Um, we've got uh, Atomic Ninja again. Uh, again, thank you. Coming in from Twitch. Thank you for <laughs> joining us on Twitch. When uh, creating a world or character that is inspired by other works, how do you avoid the perception of copying or stealing ideas, especially in a world where everything is just a Google away? And I got to admit, I, I'm, I like that question because I get ideas for stories all the time. <laughs> and then you mentioned being lazy that I'm too lazy sometimes to just write and get the ideas out there. And then a month later or a year later, somebody's already doing my idea and it freaks me. And I'm like, what, you know, so how, do, yeah, how, that's a great question. Like, how do you stay fresh? How do you kind of like uh, avoid that, that kind of comparison that people make? Yeah, it's, that is a good question. I have a couple of things that I like to do um, because the, the usual rule of thumb for writing, you know, especially in 2021 no idea is new. Um, I've got like students that I try to um, like help get into like the writing genre. And my good comparison for this is if you look at like the base level, Harry Potter and X-Men, exactly the same thing. But when you think about it, it doesn't seem the same. So, um, but essentially you have these gifted children in a school being taught by a headmaster who is inevitably grooming them to take on his arch nemesis slash friend, who's like the big bad waiting in the wings. And this big bad waiting in the wings has his own group of followers <laughs> that believe he's equally as right. 100% the same thing. Interesting. They are yeah. just laid out in completely different ways. Um, so my big example is you can take any idea you want, um, but take that base idea and then you just start peeling it back to try to make it your own. Um, that's what works really well for me, um, especially if you're writing in like the superhero urban fantasy genre with with the with the history that Marvel has and DC and Malibu comics and all that stuff. Your almost any idea you have is going to be already laid out. It's it's, right. it's hard to avoid it. Um, it grinds my gears when I see stuff similar to what I'm writing on TV, um, mm. or it really it really sucks when you spit the time in the story. And a person may see that thing that's on TV before they get to your book. And then they'll come back and say, oh, this book is great. But it reminds you a lot of Jupiter's Legacy, which has happened to me. And I was like, well, oh, oh, wow. Jupiter's <laughs> Legacy just came on Netflix. I know it's been around right. for a while, but yeah. most people are just seeing it on Netflix that came out maybe this year or last year. Paragon yeah. came out years ago. So um, yeah. it's, it's hard well, to... It, it, it basically flopped. So if you wanted to try and do it again, it, probably <laughs> it. <laughs> it did flop. Um, so that's what I like to tell people. Um, try to think of any idea you want, but try to make it your own. And almost anytime that first idea you get, never go with it. It's always cliche. Almost every single time you think it's not, but trust me, it is uh, another good thing that I suggest. And this is a, what a lot of people do with a grain of salt. Try to read or listen to things that are in the same genre that you're writing. Um, but you don't want to do it too much because then after a while, you don't know if your ideas become your own or if you're leeching off of what someone else is doing. So for me, when I'm writing a story, I try to listen to things that are similar to it. And if I have an idea and I go looking for something similar to it and I can't find anything similar to it, then I know that I'm, I'm onto something. 
because I'm trying to find something that could be classified as a copy and I can't find it. And that's when you really stick with that idea and, um, uh, and keep it going. Um, the story I writ- I wrote, but I didn't end up liking the characters. I knew I wanted to write a story about uh, Grim Reapers. I re- really wanted to write a story about Grim Reapers like in modern day time. And I was trying to figure out what I could do to make them um, make them like special. And, you know, normally you just hear about the Grim Reapers taking the souls. And I was trying to think, what could I do different with it? And um, I ended up coming up with a little a weird twisted idea where they they're taking the souls, but then they sell them on the black market and the people that they sell these souls to. What do they use them for? And then something goes wrong and now they've got to get it back before, like, whoever finds out. It's, it's any idea you can take. You just play with it a little bit and figure it out. Um, and then just Google. <laughs> just Google it. Just Google it. <laughs> that should be a yeah, title of the book. Ever- I, you mentioned uh, seeing some idea you had on TV. And again, like that's, that's my biggest complaint. There's, there's ideas I've had for years. And then I see something that's very close. Uh, maybe not exactly, but very close. Um, do you, what is your feeling about like, do you, do you still move forward with that idea? Do you, do you, you know, as, if, as long as it's different enough, do you worry that people are going to be like, oh, well, he's just copying that. And it's like, well, technically I had the idea eight years ago. I'm just a procrastinator. Yeah, um, I, I still move through with it. Um, but if I do see something that's like eerily close to it, I make sure that I kind of uh, consume that medium so that at least I can know in the back of my head. Well, this idea is great, but, you know, this they've already did it over here, man. So what else could we do? How can we twist it? What's the worst thing that can happen? Um the story I'm writing now, and I'm not trying to give everything away. Um, it's, it's literally <laughs> a mashup of um, like Heroes, the TV show. I don't know if you guys ever saw Heroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's Great like show. a mashup of Heroes and um, and The Walking Dead, and it's got some other stuff in it. But at the time when I was trying to figure out, have I seen anything like this before? I ended up finding a story called X Heroes, written by was it Peter Kleins? I think. But it's, it's it's very close to it. It's about a post-apocalyptic world with zombies and there's only like a handful of superheroes left. Um, so on the base level, same thing, but the stories are drastically different. And I only found that one, one series. Um, so that idea, I'm going to stick with it. I'm just going to make sure that I make it as different as possible. Um, mm-hmm. Especially when you're writing um, something that deals with zombies. That's it's, it's always tricky. It's like, <laughs> yeah. It takes a long time to figure out how this apocalypse happened. That was that took me about <laughs> a month to try to figure out a unique way for a zombie right. outbreak that wasn't just like the standard virus. Standard or virus, like or yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it took a long time, and they did that really well in that book too. <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah, I just I just say keep going with it. But of course, now that I'm about to start writing this superhero zombie mashup. What is Disney? Uh, what is uh, Marvel just released? Marvel, Marvel zombies. zombies. And what yeah, if? So granted, whatever the agent gets this in front of him, it's like, he saw the cartoon. Next. So you got to really yeah. try to make it <laughs> as different as possible. That's frustrating. And it can yeah. be. That's too funny. I think for them, they were just probably going off of trends. You know, things that are Obviously, yeah, well, that episode zombies, was really good and whatever. It, it was really good. Right. And, and I mean, Marvel's, Marvel <laughs> Zombies uh, had been, been around, have been around for, for a few years. I mean, they actually had a, a short series mm-hmm. in the comic books uh, years ago. So to actually yeah. see it and to see it animated so well was uh, was cool and refreshing. Um, Blam. And, that and, was my takeaway from the and, whole show. <laughs> <You're just blaming everything. laughs> yeah. That was awesome. Um, so you mentioned that you read a screenwriting book and that got you into kind of writing novels. So my, my question now is, uh, do you have any hopes or desires that any of the works that you've done would uh, be made into a show or a movie? And would you, would you take a stab at the script? What would be, how would that come about? Or do you just not, I would love it. I would I would like it. I feel like any writer who tells you no, they're secretly lying. Because that's like the whole <laughs> of like, you know, you made it. Once upon a time, just being like <clears throat> on a New York Times bestseller list was like the epitome of, of writing. Um, and then, you know, being wealthy. But if you make it to like 
a movie being made or even better, a TV show. I'd much rather have a TV show than a movie. That TV show would stretch for several seasons. I can make right. that stuff on the whim if you need me to. I can I can give you as many seasons as you want versus a movie. They're just going to cram it all in there. Um, you know, I think like Harry Potter, you know, if that was a series, I think it would have been much more detailed than just the And then there's Those syndication so and... Mm-hmm. Just raining right, down. Right. And Netflix yep, is just chomping at the bit for stuff like that. Um, so I would, I would definitely like for it to be. Um, but I wouldn't like to give up creative control either. I've, I've heard and read that that's, that's quite common. Um, and that is the downfall to anybody who is listening, who's debating between uh, self-publishing and going through a traditional random house. I usually tell people, unless you just really don't care, definitely try to self-publish first because you lose no creative control whatsoever. You're fronting all the money. That's true. But after you, all you need is one book that's successful and then they pay for themselves versus if you go through a publishing house, what finally reaches the bookshelves might only be 40 to 60% of the story you submitted. Because uh, a lot of it depends on the audience you're aiming for, what's popular at the end of the day, um, and how your characters are laid out. Because it's all right now, everything is about money, what's popular, and um, uh, DEI, like diversity, equity, and, and inclusion, which is great. Those are all great. But if you have a title character that is uh, in one demographic and they want to see something that's a little bit more diverse, you're going to switch some stuff around uh, and you'll see some agents that ask for that up front. They're only looking for certain type of main characters or things like that. Um, so you do lose a lot of creative control if you go the professional way. But your name is out there and people hear mm-hmm. about you and you'll be getting front, front displays at all the big bookstores, all the cool bells and whistles that we want. It's just you got to right. you got to you got to dance. You got to play ball a little bit. Right. How much how much are you willing to pay? Not necessarily monetarily for that is is really the key. Yeah. At first, for the longest time, I said nothing. And that's why I decided to do it like 50 50. Um, so even right now, once I finish the store and I do start shopping it around, I can still revert back and start writing, you know, book three for Paragon and the spinoffs for Paragon and stuff like that. And I'll still be able to control what I want. I'll still have some income coming in. And my pub, my self-published works will be my babies. Those I don't have to do anything with. I don't have to switch anything. But whatever that agent gets, if the check is right, I can I can switch a lot of stuff. Whatever they want. Male character you want it to be female? Done. It's, it's like, <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I've gotten to the point now that um, you just have to know what you prefer to do. So luckily, I'm just going down the middle of the street. I can do a little bit of both. Some people are not willing to compromise, and that's fine. That's right. just like, you know, creative integrity. I support it 100%. Um, but that's why I like to do a little bit of both. So has um, self-publishing, has that enhanced, you think, enhanced your writing career? Or do you think that... Um, maybe doing the mixture that you're talking about will kind of give you that maybe like a little bit of a snowball effect for you. For me, I think self-published has helped me more than almost anything you can think about because, because when you're so on top of everything, you're literally running like a whole little business. So you begin to appreciate mm-hmm. things a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. But then also when you have no one to answer to, everyone doesn't do it as well because sometimes you just don't want to write. Or you have things like NaNoWriMo, um, which is, you know, for people ah. especially who kind of need a little creative push. And I remember when we um, first started emailing, I told you I actually don't do that. I never have because of how I write. I treat my writing like a like a secondary job. So Monday through Friday, I get up at 4.30. I make my rounds. I brush my teeth. And then I'm at my computer from like 5 to 6.45. And I have a goal of anywhere from 1500 to 3000 words. And once you do that every day through the month, you, you can chuck out a good 40 to 50. Um, but I've met some people with their goal is just 500 and they might not hit those, those goals. So for me, self-publishing has been great because I have to 
Uh, take the front seat and do everything. Also have very little social life. So that makes it easy. When you, when you don't have a lot of people hanging around and when you can use COVID as an excuse now. I was going to say the lying. pandemic helped sure. a bit. Yeah. 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 This has been an introvert's dream. Nothing in my yeah. life changed when COVID happened. Outside of the gym being closed, nothing changed, which was really disturbing at first. That um, sounds so like my me, son. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I think, though, so, to the original question, I think self-publishing helps a lot. Uh, you just have to stay on top of your stuff. Um, and I have a solid team of people. I had like uh, I have a guy who does my cover work, a uh, person who does my editing, a uh, person who does my formatting. I just write and submit. Um, I, everything else is outsourced. So I have one more uh, question about the writing process and self-publishing process for anybody who might be listening or in this, uh, in one of these four squares who might want to do it. Uh, Um, So I wanted to um, know once you wrote uh, Warper was the first one, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Once you wrote that, or I guess this could be for any of them. How did you uh, like let people know it was out there? Like what was your kind of marketing strategy, I guess, that kind of, got you to the point where your audio books are selling so well for that pair for your third book? It's a good question. Um, just like I said, everything is handled by you when you do self-publishing marketing is, uh, marketing is covered by you too. You got, you have to go out there and research. You have to go out there and front the deal and marketing will be the reason a very, very great story. Amazing story will never reach the people it's supposed to because you can write, you know, the next Lord of the Rings if you want to, but if you, if people don't know it's there, it's going to get lost in that sea of everyone else in that genre. Um, and writing is the easiest part of getting a book published. Writing's easy. That's fun. That's what we all want to do. It's the back-end stuff that makes it hard. So for me, <clears throat> I had to do a lot of research. Um, some companies will advertise your book for you and they'll do it for free, but of course, if you pay, you get a better placement. Uh, you can get put on email blast list, but you also have to research the uh, companies you're putting it with. So if I'm going to spend 20 bucks, I would much rather give it to the company that has an email list of people who like urban fantasy. And it's 20,000 people as, as opposed to five. Um, you can also get people to review your books if you give them a copy for free, but you run the risk of them saying it sucks. So you mm-hmm. have to really, um, you know, you have to really believe in your work. So blogs will do that. Audiobooks, there is one website in particular called Audiobook Blast, and they have a monstrous, monstrous like email list. You pay them like 15 bucks and they they list your book for you and people write in asking for the book. So when you publish your audiobook, Amazon gives you, I believe it's up to 100 free codes or they used to. Up to 100 free codes, and those codes are used for marketing um, processes. So you you would give these people this code, and they will go listen to your book. You still get paid for the book, even though it's given away for free. And you give it to them in exchange or in hopes, yeah, that they um, would leave a review for you. <clears throat> Once upon a time, they gave a lot of a lot of review codes. Um, and then I think they realized people started using them for their own means because you can <laughs> use them for anyone. So after my book started doing well and selling itself, man, I was racking up audiobooks. I'm talking about like the entire Game of Thrones series where the audiobook was like 35 bucks promo code. Very and nice. I think they just realized nice. that people <laughs> I think they realized people were doing it the wrong way. So now it's directly tied to your work. Um, so yeah, that's a good way for audiobook. A lot of it is just, once again, it's Google. You just have to put in the footwork and figure out what's going to give you the best bang for your buck. You can always do the age old, um, pay per click thing. If you want to, I found that not to really be that good. And then, um, the algorithm will kick in eventually too. On the back end, if your book has enough sales or if your audiobook has enough sales or downloads, they'll automatically start suggesting other books by you. And also, if your book has enough, uh, I guess you say enough traction, anybody who looks at a book that's very similar to yours, your book will get pulled up as a other people have liked this book, too, who've purchased the book you're purchasing. And it'll start uh, promoting and advertising on its own just based off of how much traction you're getting. And that's when it's free. That's when it's really nice. 
Nice. Kind of frightening. (laughs) I was not going to (laughs) sneeze. Start to finish. And for me, when I mean start to finish, it's just like um, outline process, writing it. You, if I'm really on top of the game, my game and the book comes to me pretty quick, maybe two months, three at the very, very most. Um, and that's just because like I'm, I'm weird. I have a very, very small social life. I mentioned that small social circle. <laughs> I, got a, I got a real easy day job. So a lot of times I'm sitting around like daydreaming and playing this out. Even when I work out, I have my headphones in, but there's no music playing. I'm just thinking about like, chapters and stuff like that. So when it's time for me to sit down, I've already spent a good 40% of my day figuring out how this next scene is going to play. So it's really easy to push out those 3000 words when you've been thinking about it for four hours the day before. Um, so, so for me, it's really quick. It goes through really quick. It might be crap, but that's what editing is for. Um, so the longest I've ever taken is like three months at the longest. Wow. wow. That's crazy. That's quick. Well, Riley, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you today. Um, a you. lot of good advice on how to uh, get into the writing. I hope this is uh, helpful for some of our audience. I know it's going to be helpful for me. I'm already thinking about like maybe finally writing it down before someone else again makes my uh, <laughs> my idea into a Netflix show. I'm, I, um, I feel so bad that they stole Die Hard from you, Jeff. I really am. Oh, gosh. No, you know what? <laughs> That would be funny. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Thank you. Riley, you are Thank correct. You, Riley. <laughs> you are correct. It's not, a, it's, so yeah, it's a long running thing. This Die Hard is my favorite movie of all time. And it also is my favorite Christmas movie. So thanks, <laughs> thank you for, for saying that. Um, so tell folks before we uh, go, tell folks where, um, actually we're not going to go. We have our 90 second geek rant still tonight, but um, oh. before we let you go, uh, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find your books and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, the one stop up from everything Riley is going to be www.rileytune.com. It's got links and everything else. Goodreads, articles, interviews, the whole, the whole shebang. Awesome. Well, I, Again, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you um, and hearing more about you. Now, we have a segment called 90 Second Geek Rant. You're welcome to stick around. Uh, this is a chance where we give uh, one of our fans uh, a chance to kind of um, get their their words out there. They want to we get we spend all this time talking. Uh, and so um, we actually have a message that was left. Uh, so I, I'm going to go ahead. It's time for 90 Second Geek Rant. It's time. For the 90 Second Geek Rant. I don't know why I basically said what he said right before he said it. I'm sorry, so Jeff. I, he sounded done. cooler. I really blew that intro, but... Uh, <laughs> Just a little bit. But uh, today's Geek Rant comes from Chris. Uh, so thanks, Chris, for sending in this Geek Rant. Um, we do reserve the right after we play a Geek Rant to... Uh, uh, disagree or uh, say what we want to say afterwards. Um, but yeah, it's still your chance to get your views out there on the show. And here's Chris. Hello, this is Chris recording from my car. I've been asked to opine on the state of nerd culture. So here goes kind of slim pickings right now in terms of movies. What do we got to watch? Ghostbusters afterlife. Oh, come on. The best two Ghostbuster movies have already been made. And no, I'm not talking about that 2016 abomination. <laughs> Uh, what else do we got? Sing two. Uh, I wasn't even going to watch sing one. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Oh, uh, oh gosh. Um, the Eternals. Oh boy. Another McMarvel movie. Uh, come on now. I wasn't going to watch that. I was, I already saw Endgame, and I was like, you know what? That really is the end for me. All right. One thing I can recommend for sure would be Dune. That movie's good, that movie's fun, and it doesn't really push you too hard in the terms of do better. <laughs> well, that's Chris, and that's my rant on the state of nerd culture. All Have right. a nice, safe holiday. Sorry, I almost interrupted them. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, that's Chris. Some good stuff. Now's the chance. So I got to tell you, though, I saw Ghostbusters Afterlife. It's great. Is it good? You're, he's not wrong, though. He's not wrong. The two best Ghostbusters already been came done. out. You yeah, know, they've already been made. Already. Yeah. Um, actually, the the three best Ghostbusters, if you include the Ghostbusters the game. game, because 
that to me is the that's definitive that's Ghostbusters the I, that's 3. actually Ghostbusters three. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Um, but yeah, Afterlife is great. It's a it's a nice kind of merge of the generations and a lot of nostalgia. It was really fun. Okay, I just but, want to uh, say, Chris, yeah. you should you should get a job at Movie Phone. Right? Yeah, no, Chris got a great voice. So Chris, <laughs> yeah, I actually cool. know Chris. Chris, uh, Chris is from, uh, he and I worked at the same media school for a while and uh, known him uh, for a bit. Um, so thanks, Chris, for, for sending that in. I always know he's got some good, uh, some good and sometimes controversial opinions. So it's awesome. Thanks for calling in. That was awesome. Um, he's not going to let then, you go. Uh, Dune, yeah. Dune was great. Yeah, no, he's not, not. Well, I'm hearing it's. I don't know. Have you guys seen Eternals? Have you seen it, Riley? I chose not to, and I see almost anything Marvel. Not one poster. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not one uh, trailer yeah. has intrigued me. I may see it now because okay. apparently one of the people there is going to be like the new Joker, and and the Batman movie. It's a rumor oh. going around. Um, so oh, maybe I'll right. see it then, now, but uh, yeah. This doesn't look good. It's interesting because the Eternals has like uh, a fairly uh, middling kind of critics score on Rotten Tomatoes, but a high audience score. So it's one of those movies where. Same with Afterlife. Right. Yeah. And so. And, and Obviously, so, the critics don't know what they're talking about. I guess not. Yeah, it's um, all the critics. So, I mean, at, in the, at the end of the day, it's whatever entertains you. Correct. Right? Right. Whatever right. entertains if, if, you, that's that's the movie. Right. right? So I, I will admit that I. I I tend to be very compelled to see Marvel movies in the theater. Um, mm-hmm. Go see Shang-Chi. It's awesome. I don't care what Chris says. Shang-Chi is awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, the Eternals, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll see it when I can. Um, whereas usually I'm like, okay, when can I get to the theater? Even with, you know, like Shang-Chi was the first movie I actually saw in a theater um, because of COVID. Uh, and even then, uh, you know, I made sure that I knew everybody in the audience and uh, rented out the theater and everybody, you know, um, so, but, um, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah Spider-Man is, is really the one that's very compelling. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with that last, uh, uh teaser, that last trailer. Um, uh, because yeah, we could do a whole episode on that trailer. Uh, you know, I tell uh, you what, we won't, we won't, but, <laughs> but we, we could, we could, we could. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I have so many thoughts about, um, you know, the lizard and his sneeze in that one little scene. <laughs> Because it looks like he's he, he's just like going yeah. So there's there's he's allergic to something there. I don't know what it is. The worst, best I think he's secret. allergic to Andrew Garfield's fist. You're exactly right, That's Riley. It is the worst best kept secret. Yeah. Oh man, too much fun. Well, thanks again, Riley, for being here. We thank appreciate it. Yes. Um, we're gonna go ahead and say goodnight. We thank Bye, you guys, guys for listening. We appreciate you being a part of the show and listening. Make sure you check us out on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and uh, TikTok. TikTok. We're trying to TikTok. get all of those. Um, and uh, check the show notes for our contest so you can win that Stadia Premium Edition. We want to send it out. And hopefully it'll be you. So yeah. thanks again for joining us. We'll see you guys on Tuesday for game night. Later. Bye. Go see Shang-Chi. The podcast is real. Is a World Gone Geek production.